Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Good evening. Thanks for tuning in to this episode, the 26th episode of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. That's me. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. How are you all doing? This is the 26th episode of Perception is Reality. The name of this episode is A Line Drawn in the Sand. We're just going to go ahead and get right into it. First and foremost, I want to apologize for the sound of my voice. Mostly, my voice is annoying and horrible, and I understand that. But specifically, in the last two episodes, I've been a little sick, or allergies have been affecting me. And on top of that, I have been yelling here recently as I've been doing some of the podcasting, both the recorded and the live episodes. So I've kind of hurt my vocal cords, and I feel a little stopped up, and so I feel like I'm talking a little more nasally than normal, and I want to apologize about that, but we'll be getting on the mend here soon, and I really want to get into tonight's episode. It's it's another big one. I do want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. We've really been hitting high numbers both on the live and recorded podcasts, so thank you all for that. So continue sharing this information, sharing the podcast and the live videos, and getting the message out there. Let people know they can find me on all podcast hosting sites, as well as the home station of perception.fireside.fm. Here's what's going on, folks. We're still talking about kind of the same thing that we've been talking about in the last episode. And the reason I'm still harping on this, and I want to really, really make this clear, this is why this podcast exists. It's... Instances like this, which is why I do what I do, so that others may know when situations like this arise, what to do, how to handle it, what should be done, and so that people don't just become fearful and hide or be fearful and give up. Because, let's talk about this for a second. Politics, 
it's not real life. There is far more beautiful and amazing things in the world than politics and talking about all this crap and worrying about what goes on at meetings and blah. But at the same time, what we're talking about is very important. Wherever you live, whether it's a very small one-horse town like Gaston, Indiana, or Saratoga. Hell, I think Saratoga in Randolph County is even smaller than Gaston, I'm pretty sure. Or Cowan. Or if you live in Moonsville, for those of you out there like Jason Leisure. Or if you live in Indianapolis, or if you live in Fort Wayne, or if you live in Texas, or New York, wherever you live, whether it's a town, or a city, or a county, whether you're governed by a mayor, or a board, or commissioners, or town council, you know, the biggest thing that happens... There, from their point of view, is supposed to be police and fire protection. Okay, so if you either have town police officers and or city police officers, or if you live in a county out in the middle of nowhere, you have like your sheriff's department. You have your fire departments. You know, you might have a paid full-time police department in the city, or you have your volunteer fire departments that really respond to a large area of the United States. A large percentage of the United States is covered by volunteer fire departments that are ran out of township governments, and they do a fantastic job. The point here is police and fire protection is a major function of local government. And then beyond that, trash removal, snow plowing, and bringing business to the area and trying to make the town thrive. That's what local government's about. But not right now in the city of Muncie. In the city of Muncie, it's CYA, cover your ass. It's do what's right for you and making sure that those that are currently in power retain that power. And that is a disgusting, heinous thing to look at and to think about. And so we really need to take a look and wonder where we went wrong. And moreover than focusing on all the negative, we need to look forward into the future and see how we repair this damage. So tonight, I want to talk a little bit about the line in the sand that's been drawn in this situation because it doesn't matter if you live in my community in Winchester or if you live in Muncie or if you live in Indianapolis or if you live in New York or wherever, you really have to understand the depravity that was committed here in these acts. 
and you have to condemn these acts. The line that was drawn in the sand was not a line drawn by me. No, no. The line was drawn by a Muncie City Council at-large member, Nora Powell, and her band of merry men. And we need to talk about how good and decent elected officials, current officials, would handle this. And we need to talk about how candidates running for office need to approach this. But more importantly, we need to talk about how we as citizens should approach this. That's what this podcast is. It's talking to those of us that are in the business of attempting to better our government through our citizen involvement. And it doesn't matter if you run for school board or you volunteer at the school or if you lead a boy or girl scout troop, if you attend Muncie City Council meetings. It's for all of us who are over the age of 18 that vote. It's for all of us who care about our communities and want to make the community a better place to live, work, and play. And so, in just a moment, on the other side of this quick break, we're going to be talking a little bit more about how that line was drawn and what the two sides represent and where people fall and how people are going to decide and what happens as a result. So, stay right there. You're listening to the 26th episode of Perception is Reality, and we're going to be right back just on the other side of this break. I'm Christopher Bilbrey. Perception Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Body Barber, 610 West Level Street, Muncie, Indiana, 47302. I've got a problem. I've got been brought to my attention a couple different things. Uh, I went back and tried to find the uh, finance committee reports, the notes for the uh, finance committee. The only ones I could find was 2018. I'd like to know what happened between 2012 and 2017, that there are no notes for the finance committee. And also on the finance committee chair, uh, I know Ms. Powell is the uh, finance chair, and uh, with her being on the finance chair, I want to know how that is with conflict of interest because her son and her husband, her son's on the police department and her husband or ex-husband is on the fire department, how she is able to negotiate the uh, contracts for her son's pay and her ex-husband's pay with the unions. I don't believe that. I think that's a big conflict of interest because that's setting her uh, family's pay rate. So uh, I would like to see maybe she resigned from the um, from the chair and uh, maybe do an investigation on it. And, and you know, city council wants to be transparent and everything. We've got issues with the administration of some people in the administration not being honest 
I want to make sure that the council stays honest also. So I'd like to see something done about that, please. Okay. Still got time. Okay. And also, um, I want to know where the Firebase EMS is at at this time. I know it was tabled or set back or whatever, but I'd like to take a vote on that tonight and maybe either pass it or do away with it completely. You know, whatever the council decides on that, because that is a big issue. And uh, I don't want to see it snuck back in after the elections in November and it passed because people are leaving office or don't pass because people are leaving office. So I'd like to see that brought back up and, and discussed and maybe voted on in the next month or two. That's all I have for now. Yeah, holy shit. Call the SWAT team in and uh, write the reports and uh, charge this gentleman. That was just wildly out of control. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Audie Barber speaking at the Muncie City Council meeting on the second Monday of the month of April. The first Monday was canceled as a council meeting due to the fact that it was the day before the election. And I want to make sure everybody is aware. Just one week before that very moment that you just heard him speak there in that recording, Councilor Nora Powell was all crazy about some Audie Barber. And what do I mean by that? I mean... She was helping him run for office. She was helping him plan out pictures. She was doing what she could to try to get him to do exactly what she wanted him to do, which was help take votes away from Sarah Beach. So let's make sure we are all on the same page here. Barber comes before Beach on the ballot because... Uh, a little thing called the alphabet. And so Nora running around from the filing period through Tuesday, May 7th, acting as if she gave a shit about Audie Barber, was really to help herself just to make sure that Sarah Beach didn't get a few more votes than... Nora did. Now, Nora ended up in May making a pretty big sweep, and I got to give it to her. She sold a lot of people on the crap that she wasn't Phil Nichols and that she's not Mike White. I mean, I honestly believe when we get to the Scooby-Doo moment of all of this and they're getting ready to cart her off with the police officer with the pointed hat, you know how they do, and you pull off her mask, it's going to be Phil Nichols underneath there. And, hell, maybe you even you pull that mask off, and it's Mike White, and then you pull that mask off, and then it's Nora Powell again. That's kind of what we're talking about. And so, what you just heard right before we came back from break, when you heard Mr. Audie Barber talking... That was just one week after she was perfectly okay with Audie Barber and she was sending him texts to come alone to the meeting location so they could take a picture to plan it 
and put it on his Facebook and her Facebook. And how do I know that? Because she told me that when I was talking to her, getting information, when she was attempting to use yours truly and this quote-unquote little platform, as she called it. And so it all just fit together once we figured out that, hey, wait a minute, she's running around attempting to use everybody here. So jump forward a week. There's Monday, May 13th. And as a journalist, I attended the Muncie City Council meeting because there wasn't a meeting in Winchester. It was on an off week. And I wanted to see kind of what was going on. And so towards the end of the meeting, during the public concerns section, Mr. Barber got up and he spoke and you could hear him speaking there. I think he might have been a little nervous. I think it might have been his first or second time speaking at a council meeting. He was trying to speak a little truth to power and I think he might have been a little nervous. Did you hear him cussing? Did you hear him screaming? Did you hear him yelling? Did you hear him direct anything really to Nora Powell other than commenting to the entire council about the fact that he thinks it's a conflict of interest that she is on the council and part of her position on the council, she's also on the finance committee, which she is the chair of. And that helps set the budgets for the departments and negotiate contracts. And she has an ex-husband that's on the fire department and a stepson that's on the Muncie City Police Department. So he brings that to the council's attention, which they're all already aware of. But I didn't hear the part where he was screaming like a madman. And I didn't hear the part where he was threatening... And I really just didn't get any of that. And I know I didn't play the whole meeting for you. And you can go on my Facebook at Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook. Or you can go to www.facebook.com. And you can look for that meeting. It's from May 13th. Or you can go on Facebook and go to the City of Muncie's page and scroll back to May 13th. And you can check out the whole meeting. I don't even talk. I just sit there. But yet, if you skip forward to what we now know, we now know that at this very second when you were hearing Audie Barber talking, the Muncie Police Department Nora Brigade which was made up of a few officers, were already plotting their action against Audie and I guess I if we got out of control. I mean, I don't know how much more out of control we could have got than what we were right there. I mean, real straight right party animals. But hell's angels, you know. But uh, I'm just so dumbfounded because so much of the stuff is in the public eye and on public record yet we have all this nonsense that they're saying behind the scenes keep in mind that this recording that you heard that i just played a few moments ago was on may 13th 
So three days before that, on May 10th, Nora's son, Muncie police officer John Powell, had already ran Audie's information because he didn't like what Audie was saying about his councilwoman mother. That's not a reason to utilize police databases so you can get a bearing to give your mother to help her keep her job on the council. What should have happened if she's making the claim that Mr. Barber was threatening her was she should have made a police report, but she didn't because she couldn't because that would have been a crime called false reporting. Now, what I am extremely pissed off about is the fact that now we know in July when Sergeant Nathan Sloan, also of the Nora Powell Police Patrol, wrote a supplemental statement. It's not a supplemental report because there wasn't a report. There is no report anywhere. There's not a case report number. There is literally nothing. So he wrote this report or statement or cover his ass document in July during the state police investigation into this action from an event that occurred where you just heard Audie talking. And the statement that he writes is rather interesting. Now, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that you just heard Audie speak, and I did not speak. The statement, however, says, on 5-13-19 at approximately 7 p.m., I, Nathan Sloan, attended the Muncie City Council meeting located at 300 North High Street in Muncie, Indiana. The meeting took place in the City Hall Auditorium and was attended by numerous members of the public and city officials. During the meeting, I was approached by Chief Winkle about my intentions of staying throughout the entire meeting. I told the chief that I would be staying for the entire meeting, and he asked me to make sure that Councilwoman Powell got to her vehicle safely. Now, so keep this in mind. That means... The chief is asking Nathan Sloan this, which means sometime prior to him asking him that, there's been some kind of conversation, at least, between Nora and the chief, Winkle, because Winkle didn't just dream that up, all right? That didn't just pop into his head. She had to have told him she felt threatened or felt like there was problems or she was actually receiving threats, which is bullshit. And so it goes on. Due to the fact, and it's not fact, due to the bullshit, due to the fact that she had been having problems with Chris Bilbrey. Don't call me Chris Bilbrey. My name is Christopher Bilbrey. If you don't know me, you can call me Bilbrey. Everybody calls me Bilbrey. If you want to be somewhat formal or you don't want to call me just by my last name like that, you can call me Christopher. My immediate intimate family, my deceased father calls me Chris. Don't call me Chris Bilbrey. 
Okay. Been having problems with Chris Bilbrey and Audie Barber, who were in attendance, which means they had already pointed us out. They already knew where we were. They already knew who we were. And that's weird and scary and unsettling. It goes on. I advised the chief that I would take care of the situation. Near the conclusion of the meeting, the meeting became increasingly tense and confrontational. And now, I know I just played the clip of Audie talking near the end, and I didn't play the entire ending. I didn't play anything else. But I can tell you, folks, there is nothing to be hidden. You can go and listen to it. There is nothing confrontational here. This is a lie. The meeting did not become confrontational. This is just covering their ass. I called for another car to respond to the scene in case the situation got out of hand. Let me tell you about this, folks. There were other off-duty police officers sitting in the auditorium, and there were also about four or five other fully uniformed, with guns and handcuffs and badges, police officers there. So there weren't just two piddly police officers here making sure that the big bad wolves didn't strike. There was basically a SWAT team. Matter of fact, there were citizens that spoke here recently that said they thought that the SWAT team was there. Now, it's not the SWAT team. It was just regularly dressed, uniformed police officers. And believe me, I'm not giving the police a hard time. I want everybody to understand this. This sounds like I'm really picking on them. I'm kind of being a smart butt. My anger here is aimed towards ignorance and thinking based on their actions, but based on Nora's BS. My anger is directed at Nora in this issue, and my, it's my anger directed as an elected official. I still hope nothing but the best for her. I don't wish her any ill will, and I fully support the men and women of all police, but specifically the Muncie Police Department, which is a department that I have always loved. But you have to admit, when hearing this, mixed with the absolute factual on-the-record meeting, you would be angry too. I'm angry that Nora was slandering me and slandering Mr. Barber in this way. It goes on, like I said. Near the conclusion of the meeting, the meeting became increasingly tense and confrontational. I called for another car to respond to the scene in case the situation got out of hand. Other officers arrived on the scene. As the meeting was concluding, I walked Councilwoman Powell to her vehicle. Councilwoman Powell seemed emotional after passing Barber on the front steps of the building and left the area within a short amount of time. Barber had parked his black truck in a handicapped parking spot in front of the entrance to City Hall, which was noticed by other officers. What I want to know is... Were they aware that there was a handicapped placard in the windshield? 
Or did they just make note of the truck there? And why did they know that was his truck? Did they run it? I'm sure they did, because they also ran him without a valid reason. Now, after this, we're aware that I filed a records request, and they ran me the day that I filed the records request on May 22nd, asking for conversations between Counselor Nora Powell and Muncie City Police Officer and FOP President Christopher Deegan. Okay, here's the situation. We all know what I'm talking about here, but I played that because I wanted you to hear how irritating it is now knowing this. So with these actions, ladies and gentlemen, Nora Powell drew a line in the sand. Not a line between her and me or her and Barbara. Not a line between me and others or others and me. Not a line between Republican and Democrat, but a line between right and wrong. And so you know that I'm fired up about this because this is more like Russia from the 1930s than it is Muncie, Indiana in 2019. Let's talk about this for a second, folks. What she's doing here in weaponizing the Muncie City police officers who will buy her story is she is stepping on and completely doing away with the very tenets of the American political system. What she's doing is inexcusable. This action and behavior and thought is heinous. It is un-American. She and these few officers that are following her lead are blindly taking away the First Amendment right for Mr. Barber, who's a citizen of Muncie, a voting citizen, who was just a candidate and who was supposedly just a friend and running mate to Nora a week earlier. And they are trying to strip me, a journalist, of my First Amendment right to research and to speak out and to run these information and to tell you all the truth so you can make an informed decision. Because Nora doesn't want that. Nora wants to be reelected. And Nora can't be reelected if you make an appropriate decision. So now we have the line that Nora and these police officers drew in the sand. And there are only two sides, and those sides are right and wrong. If you're an elected official in the city of Muncie, if you are Mayor Dennis Tyler and Mayor Dennis Tyler's administration, you can sit quietly, you can say that there's nothing wrong with these behaviors and these actions, or you can do the right thing and you can condemn these actions and behaviors. If you are the Muncie City Council members, keep in mind, folks, there are nine counselors. 
which Nora is only one of. So there are eight other council members. The council can act accordingly or they cannot. And sitting quietly or saying, I don't know how this involves us or this is personal or anything else other than we condemn these actions and behaviors. Anything but condemning what they've done is putting you on the wrong side of the line. If you're a candidate currently running for office in Muncie, you need to condemn these actions. If you're a candidate running anywhere, if you're the elected mayor in New York City and you hear this, it needs to disgust you. Because this can always happen in a town near you, in a city near you. Somebody can always step out of line and do things they're not supposed to be doing because power is a massively addictive substance. And Nora doesn't want to give it up. And Nora knows the conversations that she had with Phil Nichols and Mike White prior to this election when they ran in 2015, nobody contested them. They all got in easy. There was no mayoral candidate. Most of the council people got in with no problem. But when they looked forward to this 2019 election, they were already aware of the FBI being in town and investigating the administration, mostly Democrats, and they were aware that mostly Democrats were tied to the corruption. And so Nora actually made the statement to Democrat Central Committee that no Democrat's going to be elected. She was fearful. And so they had to develop a plan to get folks to understand or to think or to believe that she was no longer a part of the corrupt 214, but that she had seen the light and that she was attacking Dennis, and so that meant something. Well, folks, Dennis Tyler was more or less out of the loop by then. He is a lame duck, and I'm not being mean. That's what they call it in politics, meaning he was not running for re-election. He was not moving up in the political world. He is at the end of his political career. And so, he was expendable to them. That's what the Democrats do. Not all Democrats. That's what the 214 Democrats do. They use you until there's no more to be used. And that's what Nora Powell's doing. She just used Audie Barber his name landing on the ballot before Beach, she attempted to use me for my little platform, like she called it. But when it didn't serve her purpose, then we were trying to threaten her and intimidate her 
but she didn't want to man up and make police report. Or woman up, I guess I should say. Because she knew that wouldn't be any good. But I honestly believe she thought she would get away with it. I really believe that they thought there was no way this would come back to them. But then they started sending the text messages to me. And, you know, I'm just not that dumb. I've been through this game before. I used to be a police officer. And I know what's allowed and what's not allowed. So, I checked. And I I don't care if you support Nora. I don't care if you don't like what I say and you think that I'm a blowhard. I am. I don't care if you're Republican or you're Democrat. These actions are wrong. And these actions need to be condemned. And at the recording of this show, which this is the 26th episode of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, the audio podcast edition. I'm recording this on Tuesday, July 30th, 2019. I am aware that Rafael Sanchez, an investigative reporter from an Indianapolis, Indiana, big network news station, an ABC affiliate from RTV Channel 6 is doing an investigative report on this matter. Not because it's a little piddly story, but because it's a big freaking deal. This is right up here with Monty Murphy and the absentee ballot bullcrap. This is a serious offense. I didn't make it up. ISP issued the violations. Rafael Sanchez is investigating this. His story will air on Wednesday, July 31st. Of course, there will be a link. Of course, I will share the link everywhere on social media. But it's because this is a big deal. And it's not a big deal that I made. It's a big deal that Nora made. And she drew that line in the sand with her fingers. And she put everybody in this situation. So when I ask the Muncie City Council president if the council is going to bring this up at their council meeting and condemn this, and he tells me... I don't know why everyone keeps bringing this up. This isn't on me. This is personal. This has nothing to do with the council. I have to wonder where in the hell his head is at. Then he gets upset because he wants to say that we've known each other for 20 some years. Well then by God you know who I am and you know that I'm going to call you out. There's only two choices here. 
and floundering and flopping on the deck like a fish and carrying on like nonsense is not the right answer. The answer is condemning this if you're an American political candidate, person of integrity, condemn these behaviors. Everything else is on the wrong side of the line. Everything else stands you next to Nora Powell. In four years, she's running for mayor. In 12, I look for her to run for the House of Representatives. That is, unless we send her packing. Because politics doesn't suit her. And keep in mind, I don't care if Democrats are doing this or Republicans are doing this. This is bad no matter what across the board. And if it was a Republican, I would be harping just the same. This is disgusting. It is un-American. It is inexcusable. What side of the line is everyone going to come down on? I don't know how more clear to make this. When candidates file to run, they are supposed to be putting their name into the hat and they're supposed to be doing what they can to better their situation in the community and to make the place a little bit better. And they're supposed to be looked at and revered for doing that, even if you disagree with them. I've always respected everybody willing to serve. But what do you do here? This is not what everybody's allowed to do. Most candidates don't have this power, so it's an unfair advantage. I just don't understand how anybody can come down on this and say, well, it's probably going to be okay because Nora, you know, and she did this and, well, you know. Bullshit. This is something that is going to be career-defining. And I honestly think it's going to be career-defining for Nora, and it might very well be career-defining for me, because this puts me in the spot to be very outspoken against any type of abuse or misuse like this Rather than just calling out the regular old politics like I do, this is really a defining moment. And let me tell you folks, in your communities, if you have someone like this, the point of this is to silence me. I was supposed to be afraid of this and scared of this. And let me tell you, there are people that are There are people that would be. 
There are people that since I was here recording the episode last have said, that's it, I'm out. I, I apologize. I can't do it. I've got young kids. What if they... People saying really stupid stuff. What if the police arrest me? Arrest me for what? Uh, I don't know. What if they... What if they pull me over and they find something in, in my car? What do you mean? What's there to find in your car? I don't know. Do police do that? Do police do what? Uh, you know, and there's people who are implying things. And it really is bothersome to me because I'm supportive of the law enforcement. And I don't want to say that police do that. Do police do that? Has that happened somewhere in the world, somewhere in the United States? Yeah, we hear about it. Corruption happens. There are good there are priests that molest kids. If there are priests that molest kids, there are people who will do anything anywhere at any time. Do I want to believe that there are police on the Muncie Police Department that would do what's done here? No, I don't. Do I know and have proof that that's what happened? Yeah, I do. Am I mad at the Muncie Police Department? No, I'm not. Should I be? I don't know. Am I upset that they made some wrong decisions? You bet. Do I blame them? Oh, no. I blame Nora because whether or not she asked them to or whether or not they felt the obligation to do this, it's still wrong. And it still deserves to be spoke out about. And if you're an official currently right now in the city of Muncie, and you don't come down on the right side, I'm not threatening anybody. I'm speaking politically. That would be political suicide. And everybody needs to understand. We'll be right back. Perception. Perception. Perception is... Reality. Reality. All right, folks. Well, we're back. That's our show, basically, for tonight. Again, this isn't pleasant stuff to talk about because this isn't really how our system of government is supposed to work. It's not the way that politics works in America, but it's the hard, cold, ugly truth. A lot of times... Politics is amazing, and being the engaged citizen really is a wonderful thing to be. But sometimes you got to buckle down and you got to do the hard things, and this is it. And so we really need to carry the message out, and we need to take care of business. And what I mean by that is we need to get informed and be informed, we need to make the appropriate call when we are deciding who we're going to support. We need to get out and vote. 
When you can start voting early, start going to the polls and voting early. When you can vote on election day, by God, get your butt to the poll and vote. And vote for people who share your beliefs and vote for people who you believe will do the best job for everybody instead of just themselves. Please, please share this episode. Share episode number 25. It's the episode just before this one. These two really go hand in hand. And I promise that we're going to start talking about really good stuff soon. We're going to be talking about candidates and we're going to be talking about absentee ballots and we're going to be talking about how to pick candidates and we're going to be talking about how to work polling locations if you so ever choose you want to do that and we're going to cover all that fun stuff but right now we're talking about how to clear out corruption and we're talking about what corruption can look like and we're asking the tough questions like when something bad happens hey current administration hey city council hey the rest of you elected and appointed officials hey candidates running for office are you going to condemn this and come out on the right side or are you going to stand shoulder to shoulder with Nora Powell or whoever's acting in this position and be unjust, inexcusable, heinous, corrupt, and un-American. All right, well, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks for tuning in to this 26th episode of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Make sure that you're sharing this episode by sharing perception.fireside.fm backslash 026. Also share it with episode 25 at perception.fireside.fm backslash 025 or just go to perception.fireside.fm and go to the most recent episodes. That's the best way to do it. But share this information. This is really, really vital. There's a lot of craziness going on and we need to get the message out. I believe that we're picking up steam. The numbers show that we're picking up steam and I want to say thank you to all of you. Until next time, be safe, watch out for one another, God bless, love one another, take care, and we'll talk to you real soon. For all of us here at Perception is Reality, this is Christopher H. Bilbrey saying, until next time. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. 
You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is is reality. reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.